Okay, yeah. Any other questions before we start? I don't think so. Okay, how much shall I like? Shall I speak? Shall I just speak normally, and then you guys can choose what you want to like. If you want to edit some in, if you want to leave it, if you want to leave it out, what do you prefer? Do we want normally for you is quite a lot. So <laughs> I guess. Uh, Okay, Les. Okay, yep. Go whenever you want. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Third Wheel. I'm one of your hosts, Hamish. And I'm your other host, Aaron. And today we're joined by special guest. Wait, let me redo that. Let me redo that. (laughs) 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 I'll just redo it from today we're joined by. Wait. Are you actually like officially a dentist? Because then I could just introduce yeah. you as a dentist. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Bring in a dentist. <laughs> and today we're joined by a dentist by the name of Rio Kanani or Dr. Kanani, is it? Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> and yeah, would you like to introduce yourself a little? Yeah, so I'm Ria. I'm 24. I'm from Southwest London. I know Hamish and Aaron through my best friend Shri. So I actually Aww. met Hamish for the first time at Shri's 24th birthday in January. And I met Aaron on a virtual games night during lockdown, which was fun. Oh, no, that, that sounds so sad. <laughs> I can edit that out, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm a dentist. I went to uni at King's woo-woo, and I'm currently working. I'm in my first year of work in Surrey and I will be working in hospital from September. By hospital, do you mean like normal place where people go to a dentist or like a something else? Because So there's a whole branch of hospital dentistry where when people can't be seen in practice for one reason or another, they refer out to the hospital. So I'll be treating really big cases that people don't normally do on the high street. And you mentioned Shri. We are joined by Shri as well. On Hi, this, guys. Uh... I'm back again. <laughs> I think I live on the third wheel, but my popular demand, obviously, back again. She so. is the permanent third wheel. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, so if you hear a voice piping up now and then, it's probably her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you said you're best friends with Shri. When did you guys meet? So this is quite a funny story, actually. We met, it's nearly 12 years ago now. Our parents were quite good friends and then they decided to go for dinner near my house and they literally just brought Shri, dropped her to my house and told us to make friends and then they left us and an arranged friendship yeah. <laughs> it was an arranged friendship but it worked really well so <laughs> go for arranged I definitely match. recommend <laughs> do you know what i watched episode one of indian matchmaking oh, last night best. did you i really want yeah, to watch yeah. it i was going to bring it up when we were talking about asian mentalities but we'll save that for later oh yeah but Shri, i swear you live in tring or something like that yeah but ria also doesn't live it was just like literally an arranged friendship so they were we were in year eight and then my mom was like oh i'm meeting this person for dinner, you're just going to go over to a house, be nice, you can be friends. You know, she's Indian, you're Indian. Like, it's time you can be like friends. Then she just dropped us off and then, like, the rest was history. We were literally best friends since that day. It was so crazy. So you didn't even go to the same school or anything? No. We didn't go to the same school. We didn't know of each other. And then we just immersed ourselves into, <laughs> like, this Northwest Indian kind of community. And that's where we met other people. But we knew each other first. Wait, Northwest Indian community? <laughs> I heard it's massive, the Northwest Indian community. <laughs> you hear about it in East London all the time. <laughs> what I think she means is like part Northwest India, not actually Northwest London, because I was confused as to how. No. I don't think she does. I mean, Northwest. <laughs> okay, basically, they're like Harrow and Northwood. Oh. All of that. Oh, so you actually mean... I mean, like, actually Northwest London, like... Hamish, aren't you Northwest London? What are you, what are you trying to do, Aaron? I'm just saying, why weren't you in that community? <laughs> Fam, I'm, I'm an outcast to these lot, man, I swear. Like, <laughs> basically, Aaron, I, I'm always left out, innit? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's mad like see it wasn't like you're in school and you could see each other every day 
No. Yeah, we had the MSN days. Oh, <laughs> we had MSN. The days. Oh, shit. Yeah. And we used to revise together. Like, we would both, I remember in A levels, we would FaceTime each other from, so me and Rio used to always work better at night from like 12 to 6 a.m. And we used to literally FaceTime each other on both on mute, but just to see each other were working from literally from 12 to 6. And then we would revise together. And we did it for all of A levels. It was crazy. Do you guys have an iPhone that time? Probably. I don't know. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, of course we did. I think I had like a Nokia. When you were 13. Year 13? I thought A-levels. you said you started meeting in like, yeah, oh, okay, like you're talking about A-levels. I'm not going to revise in like year nine. <laughs> oh, see, I was revising all the time. Year seven, year eight, year nine, whatever. <laughs> no, MSN Messenger is a throwback day. Yeah, such a throwback. I still remember your username, Maria. It was like, Ria, and then like a porn star. <laughs> you would always be away instead of online because you wanted to like play it cool. She oh, would yeah. like always be away. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely me and then there was that trick where you do like shift in space or something and it hides it when your parents come in <laughs> that was such a trick I think my username was the mighty midget <laughs> and like in like Aww. funny characters like backwards and stuff like that oh yeah that writing which is like oh god so you didn't go to like the same like sixth form or college or anything like no, that no not at all or even uni no and we the thing is we also lived so far away so I'm yeah. really proud of us for maintaining this friendship <laughs> are your like parents still friends yeah yeah and it wasn't like fam- how do your parents meet i think through the north of sunday community <laughs> 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 oh god wait i want to i want to google the northwest <laughs> london indian so you're gonna see ria's face <laughs> like you're just gonna see ria canani on the northwest <laughs> <Indian> community <laughs> oh my goodness no uh, that's mad is it like a facebook group or something <laughs> Don't think so. Let me try and explain. You know, within the Indian community, there are different castes. I mean, it's quite an outdated system now, but people still sort of follow it within their communities. So we have our caste is called Luhana, and Sri and I are both the same. Um, and we have community events in the same place. And so, like, people generally, naturally, people in the same caste will see each other more at these events and things. What kind of events was it? Things like Diwali, people will get together in our community center. Okay. There's prayers if someone's getting married, if someone's passed away. Mm-hmm. You, you generally see similar people at these events each time. So when you say community, you're not even like talking about like a family. It can be like loads of different families. Because when I think of those type of events, it's just like my family. It's not like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's mainly your family. Yeah. And then it's sort of, you know how Indian families are. They're huge, right? So you've got your first cousins and then you've got your second cousins and then you've got cousins of cousins. And then it just ends up being a huge, huge set of people. Yeah. Have you guys ever fallen out over those years? No. Not once. We haven't even had an argument. Yeah, like, genuinely not. We have literally have not even argued. I think with me and Rio, when we speak about something, we if we have different beliefs on something, we'll both just say, you know, what we think and then we just leave it like that. Like if we both don't agree, we'll be like, Oh, okay, that's your point of view. And like that's your point of view. But we never have we never had anything which has made us really argue or even have like a very strong disagreement, which is so crazy. I know. Do you think that is because like you're not spending like every day, like in school, you're kind of every day with someone? Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is that we're two people such that we're quite different, but we bounce off each other in a way that is just nice. And yeah, we're not, we're not argumentative with each other at all. I don't think we would be even if we were seeing each other in school every day. We just have a very easygoing friendship. It's like completely effortless. Like we can just say whatever we want to each other. We know the other person's not going to judge or think you know, any differently. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just really easy and effortless. I guess my friendship group from back home, I've known, shout out Luke, James and Dan. Um, I've known them since year seven. Mm. So that's 13 years. 
So I guess that's similar to you too. Yeah, like I think of Rhea as a school friend, even though she's not yeah. my school friend. But yeah. I see her like a school friend because school friends for me are like the closest to like my actual family. Like besides my family, it's my school friends because they've known me the longest and I have such a strong bond with them. So I classify like Rhea on the same level as like my yeah. other school best friends. Do you have like, because I was thinking about this, do you have primary school friends that you're still friends with? Because I don't really have any. I do a few, yeah. Shout out. And, DJ. <laughs> and a few others. Do they go to like, the same secondary school as well yes that kept things going, going. yeah because yeah. i went to the same primary school that i went to I then went to the, the joint secondary school of it so oh, okay. actually a lot of people went to the same did the same pathway yeah i would have thought aaron that you would have had the same thing right the people that you went primary school the majority would have went same secondary school or something yeah no there was quite a lot of them but i actually don't speak to any of them now it's mad because i know one of my friends since nursery oh wow. nursery yeah, because they used to get, so my mom used to babysit them as because they used to be a family friend or so. So they used to be babysat at my house. And then obviously we weren't the closest of friends through primary school and so on. But in secondary school, obviously, we came in the group of close friends. So, yeah. Aww. That's mad. Because I, th- I think, I don't know, the age is from what, like 12 to now, 20, 21, 22. That's probably like the age you probably change the most. Yeah, that's very true. I guess. Grow. Have either you two noticed like any I guess, differences? <laughs> growth i don't want to sound cringe right, um, right. That, that, that could have been a mad question you know that. <laughs> yeah that, that was well, a mad question <laughs> I, I have asked the question is still there to be fair yeah anything in particular you'd be like off each other that you'd say like oh, I, this person's yeah. changed a lot i think okay so after meeting shri she's she's gonna find this so cute i just know it <laughs> I was really, really shy when I when we met, and I still am quite shy. But I do think Shri Shri's confidence brought out a lot of confidence in me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> your face right now, guys. So sweet. I'm crying now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's cute. What about you, Shri? I and to be honest, I think I probably tell Ria this a lot, but maybe I tell my other friends a lot more that. Ria is someone who's extremely organized and she is just very on top of everything in her life. And that's something that I've admired about her from the day I met her. So she's really helped me just want to become more, more organized, more, you know, on top of everything, more, even or more ambitious, even though I've always been ambitious. I think Ria's also brought out that side of me as well, because she's so driven um, in everything that she does, which has made me want to be like that as well. <laughs> this is so cute. It's like a session of couple therapy. <laughs> Hey, Aaron, we're not getting paid for this couple's therapy you know like, yeah, yeah and i'm saying we're, we're, me and hamish are not doing the same thing as well so yeah i was gonna yeah. ask you guys i gotta say it's a bit different for me and hamish i guess because like we've only known each other since uni mm. aaron's just friends with hamish because he has to be no but then we spent like i go like from a certain point at uni we spent like almost every day and then we do this together and then other projects we've worked on together like businesses and stuff so oh that's cool yes yes we're different we've, we've had arguments a lot <laughs> but they're probably like normally over like stupid things so um, who wears the trousers in the relationship then <laughs> me <laughs> i don't know about that i feel like an argument is coming on <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not i you know what for the sake of it i'll just say hamish can wear the trousers <laughs> <laughs> What would you say is the main thing that's like kept your friendship going? Oh, holidays. Holidays. <laughs> holidays. <laughs> For sure. Holidays. Romantic getaways. <laughs> I would say like literally probably quality time. Like I think both of our like love 
language or even friendship love language is quality time and even whether that's on like a phone call because me and Rhea people we don't need to speak to each other every single day sometimes we can yeah, go weeks yeah. without speaking to each other because we're so busy but then when we do spend time together that's what really bonds us whether that's like a weekend trip a holiday or just like seeing each other for the day yeah how many holidays do you go on together then <laughs> we try and go like once a year we've only been on three right <laughs> so, yeah. yeah you can cut that bit out <laughs> <laughs> once, once a year for the yeah, last three yeah. years <laughs> three holidays she's like we got once a year <laughs> every year so much more I know. To be fair, like Sheree's definition of holiday is probably like anything outside of Europe, so she's probably not counting inside of Europe things. So like, if to consider that, it probably is one. Now we've not been. We've not been anywhere. Um. Oh no no no. Yeah, we have. Never mind. There you go. (laughs) 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 Um, Uh, Where where have you guys been then? So the I think so we started doing these holidays when we were at uni because I think that's when we started having more freedom, right? First one was to Barcelona. And then our second one was to, we went to Naples in Italy. That, that okay. is a really funny story. So the way we booked it was we were, I think we were on a phone call about two in the morning in June. Um, it was our summer holiday. And we found these flights on Thompson and they were ridiculously cheap. And we didn't even tell us, you know, with us, we normally tell our parents that we're going away before we book it. And, you know, we just double check the dates. There's no important occasions and stuff. But because it was such a good deal, we just booked it, went to bed and told our parents about a week later. Because I was I was petrified in case I booked it and it was the wrong dates. <laughs> like, <laughs> really it was booked for like the week after. We booked it and the flight was like next week. <laughs> and we were yeah. like, okay, cheap flight, whatever. Seven nights, let's do it right now. 2 a.m. We just booked. <laughs> it was so spontaneous. Naples and then what was the other place the last place Croatia that was the best one <laughs> best one wow what happens in Croatia stays in Croatia that ruins my next question what happens in Croatia oh, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the best in terms of like just place to visit oh I think Barcelona for me it has a bit of everything so it has the beaches it's got the nightlife it's got the shopping and you don't really run out of things to do there it's so pretty with all the architecture and the history of it as well and then did you have something planned for this year we were planning to go. We were going to go to South America, Guatemala. Okay. Yeah, but because of COVID, it didn't happen. Oh, that would have so been amazing. good. I'm still so sad, but... Yeah, and then where, where did you go to uni? So I went to uni at King's, which is in London Bridge, and Shri went to Manchester. So again, we sort of did our long-distance friendship, relationship, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> for another, yeah. God knows how long. Did you stay at home when you went to I uni? I didn't, know. I lived out for all five years, actually. I was really lucky that I got to do that. Yeah, and it was really nice. Yeah, how was uh, Kings? I think you're the first person from really? Kings, maybe. Kings repping. I might be lying. Yeah, so Kings Dentistry actually has quite a reputation. People who don't go to Kings for Dentistry generally don't like us because they think we're stuck up and things oh. like that. I don't think <laughs> I'm stuck up. <laughs> it was a really great experience. I think living in London is so nice, especially when you're young. On a budget, it's quite difficult, but I definitely found mm. ways around it. She's queen of finding deals or finding offers, of finding yeah. getting free stuff, getting free trips. Yeah. So I actually won. I, I won a trip with Spotify in my fourth year of uni. You won a trip. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> So I was just listening on Spotify to some random music and this pop-up notification comes up saying, do you want to enter this competition to go to Snowbox? And I was like, okay, fine. And it already had all my details in it. So I just pressed okay. And then about two months later, I get a call whilst I'm with a patient at uni. They left a voicemail so I couldn't pick up. And it said, hey, it's James. Please call me back when you get a chance. You've won a prize. And I thought, you know, this is a joke. (laughs) This is a prank. I had a look at the competition again online and it said, you can either win a trip to Snowbox, which is a skiing trip to this festival, or a Just Eat £20 voucher. So then I said to my fr- my uni friend, oh, you know, I probably want the Just Eat voucher. Let's get a takeaway <laughs> tonight. 
And then I called them back and they were like, no, you, you've won the ski trip. I just couldn't believe it. I think I remember I was still at uni on campus. I just started <laughs> screaming and running around campus. And then they said, you've got 24 hours to pick somebody to come with you. And naturally, I asked Shri first. And naturally, I couldn't freaking come. Oh my God, I was so <laughs> upset. I was so sad. I know. It would have been so good because both of us have never been skiing prior to this. This was my first skiing trip. And I don't think I ever would have gone if this hadn't kind of fallen in my lap because skiing is quite a, a different holiday to, to normal, right? And I think a lot of people who go skiing, their parents mm. take them from a young age and they get used to it. and They're quite good at it. And I thought, what if I'm really bad at it? What am I going to do? Because there's not much else to do on skiing holidays. that is true Mm. you hear a lot of like injuries as well from skiing like accidents yeah and I had to be so careful because and you're really fragile yeah (laughs) like really really fragile yeah I took ski we we had skiing lessons in the beginning of the week and then by the end of the week I made friends with so there were actually 20 winners on this on this competition 10 were from the UK and 10 were from Canada and then we all got to bring a guest each. So there was 40 of us and it was an amazing group of people. And naturally the Canadians were a lot better at skiing than us. So we then sort of went skiing with yeah. them towards the end of the week and improved a lot. I managed to go on a red slope by the end of the week, which is quite difficult for a beginner. So I was quite proud of that. I have no idea what that means. Yeah. <laughs> so there's different so there's different types of slopes when you're skiing. I think green is the easiest and then it goes to blue. I'm not sure there's any colours in between, but red and black are towards the more difficult end of the spectrum. And okay. black is the hardest, so the professional skiers will go on that. So what are they just more like slippery? <laughs> the, I assume it's steepest, right? I think they're more steep, steep yeah. and there's probably more, I think on some of them there are jumps um, and like different obstacles uh, and things okay. like that. Yeah. But I think the main thing is the steepness. That's mad. I, yeah, I, I don't know if I've ever won a competition, like a competition like that. Do you know how many I enter in so often still in jack shit? No, I don't. <laughs> As in like, I, I, I've been entering competitions for so long. I never win shit. Really? I just, just win, enter one random oh, one. Sorry. I have entered other competitions. I used to do it quite a bit when I was younger. I have, I have another story about this actually. So I think when I was about 13, 14, I won this hot air balloon ride with champagne and truffles and the rest of it. And obviously I couldn't drink alcohol at the time. I was so young. So then they rang me and they said, would you rather have this prize and give it as a gift to somebody? Or would you rather have cash money? And it was a couple of hundred quid. And I thought, you know what? I'll be really nice and sweet and I'll take the prize. I'll give it to my parents for their wedding anniversary. So I give it to them and it's like a voucher, right? So you, you have two or three years to use it. But then they forgot to use it after three years. And it expired. <laughs> and I was so upset. Could have taken the cash I know, money. I know. Oh, man. I should yeah. try to do something nice. <laughs> I mean, they meant well. I think once you have a voucher like that, you just sort of put it in the cupboard and forget about it, don't you? Yeah. And in England, it's so hard to find a day where it, the weather's nice enough to go on a hot air balloon ride. And that is true. That is true. Wait, where the hell can you go on a hot air balloon ride in the UK? I think it's near Shri, you know, near Tring, near Berkhamstead. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> in the countryside. Hamish, hey, so, you're thinking of like London, but like outside of London, it's so like countryside. There's so I don't much know like countryside. Like a, like a proper thing, you know. I, don't, I thought it was a joke when they put it in Mr. Bean. I don't know it was like a serious thing that they did in the UK. <laughs> what a hot air balloon. Maybe we should go on one after the podcast. <laughs> yeah, third, third door. <laughs> we need to get a third wheel balloon design yeah that would be cool maybe you can record your future podcasts on it but as long as i'm not paying so as long as it's sponsored or something because (laughs) 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 i ain't no rich you oh my god (laughs) to be fair i'd accept a prize win to go on a hot air balloon wait on a hot air balloon was it just like basically your parents go alone as in it was a hot air balloon experience for two people oh wow and i guess it seems to be a driver right there has to be a driver for this or some sort of yeah yeah okay But yeah, moving back on to like university kind of stuff. So dentistry, I assume, was 
your course you did. Is that like yeah, the correct yeah. name for it, dentistry? Mm-hmm. So that was something you knew you kind of wanted to do before university? It was, yeah. I mean, initially when I was really young, I wanted to do medicine. My dad's a doctor, so I kind okay. of wanted to follow in his footsteps. And then I worked um, at his practice for a couple of years. And then I also looked into, I looked into everything really, because it's so hard to make a decision when you're 18, what you want to do for the rest of your life. So I looked into banking, I looked into law, looked into marketing, creative things. And then I went and did work experience in dentistry with my uncle. And I just really liked how it was a very hands-on thing. You got to see your own patients. You had a lot of responsibility very early on. And naturally, I always liked science and maths, classic Asian subject. <laughs> <laughs> Typical. Yeah, I think it kind of applied science in a way that I really enjoyed. And I, I get to work with people every day and I get to talk to people. And I think that's really nice. Oh, I was going to ask one thing. I guess this is like probably just me as being in the, like, didn't it bother you like seeing, I guess, inside people's mouths? Because that's, that's a pretty nasty thing to do, right? You know what? It's it's not as bad as people might think. I think medics have it a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're seeing like a dead body, that's a bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. That's one thing I, I really am quite bad with. I get quite emotionally attached to my patients, especially when I see them quite often. And I think if I was looking after somebody in hospital, and they, you know, God forbid something happened to them, I think I would get mm. really, really upset. And I wouldn't be able to compartmentalize it when I got home. I think it would come home with me. Because mm. growing up, you kind of, it's always like stereotypically seen as dentists. So like no one likes a dentist. I know. You know? <laughs> I'm trying to change that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's kind of weird that you think anyone would want to become a dentist. Mm. I mean, it, it does I mean? have its challenges for sure. People walk through the door, they immediately hate you. And it's your job in five minutes to get to, for them, you know, to talk to them and get them to like you so that you can actually treat them. And I was going to say you're wrong as well, because I knew someone that wanted to be an orthodontist and then they basically just messed up A-levels. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying like everyone in the world doesn't want to become, a, like, obviously some people have to want to become a dentist for there to be dentists. But like, <laughs> generally speaking, mm. people... You always hear like stories like on like TV shows or something like, oh, I don't want to go to a dentist and a kid starts crying because they like the dentist. <laughs> yeah, like. yeah. Like I don't think, I wouldn't say I hated the dentist. So I had shit teeth growing up. Yeah. Like I had like two teeth at the back and I had braces for, I think, I had braces for like four years, like full like tracks just because they kept breaking. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had like maybe like six teeth taken out. Oh, wow. Um, really? I've never had a tooth taken out in my life. Because they like numb your like gums yeah. and it's... There are yeah, injections you slobber involved. all over it's the places. Fun. Yeah, yeah, it's awful. But I, I had to get, I had to deal with it. So it wasn't like a good experience. So I would never be like, oh yeah, this is something I wanted to do. Yeah. So, but it's quite interesting that, like, that was. Yeah. In your case, that was something you kind of wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Maybe you should come and see me, and your experience might be. Able to <laughs> whoa! Whoa! <laughs> 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 wow! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, I did get a letter need saying I need a dentist checkup. <laughs> okay, okay. It looks like we're the third wheels now. Oh shit. Wow. Ria. Why do you guys take everything like that? <laughs> it was too well. You said it, you were like, well, maybe you should come and see me and I'll give you a, oh, you a good experience. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <laughs> but, um, yeah I, I don't even know what I was saying I'm like flustered uh, right now he's like I'm thinking yeah, about that appointment right. can you see, can you see his like, cheeks gone red he's okay. like properly blushing uh, <laughs> he knew that this podcast would end this way swiftly moving on 
yeah so what was like the point where you're like okay yeah this is what I want to do I think it was like I said when I went for work experience with my uncle and I just saw how he was able to just chat to patients and be really friendly and then do this all this amazing treatment and how grateful they were afterwards and I think seeing that satisfaction and you know going through that journey with somebody is really important I think with medicine sometimes when you're working in a hospital you you do parts of the treatment or you you look after them in some way but you may not be there for the whole journey and I think with dentistry you're kind of like the sole person that's looking after the patient and you go through the whole thing with them which is really nice Mm. yeah and then the course itself like how do you study to become a dentist like the practicals and stuff like that are you working with real people like patients and yeah so in the beginning the first year was mainly lectures um, and you do a bit of nursing and shadowing on the clinics so you shadow older students um, and you nurse for them you do simple tasks and then as you go through the years um, you practice first of all on plastic tea in these things called phantom heads so they're like fake heads I guess I don't it's really hard to describe unless I show you I mean they don't look that real they're just made of plastic and metal um, and then you have this set of plastic teeth and you, you drill and you, you practice and then there's tutors that come around and they check all your work you have loads and loads of exams to make sure that you're safe before you see patients um, and then when you go into the clinics towards the end of your second year um, you then start doing really simple things like cleans and then when you go into third year, you start doing fillings and, and then crowns. So crowns are like caps that go on your teeth. And then fourth year, fifth year, you do the more complex stuff. I won't go into it too much. <laughs> yeah, wait, when you say crowns, like, I've, I've heard people say this, but I have no idea what they mean. Like, he's like, I saw you wear a crown in your head. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so if a tooth is cracked or really badly broken down and things like that, and it's the, or the hole is too large for a filling alone, that the filling would probably just break you'd then put a crown on. Yeah. But then how do they keep it clean inside? So there's special ways to clean it. And then if you have a crown, then you, we'll, we will teach you how to clean that. There's different types of flosses and you can still brush it. Yeah, it's quite easy to look after. So now you're graduated. Yeah. And you're a doctor. So you're Dr. <laughs> Kanani. I am. <laughs> See, I, I won that title so much, Aww. but I'm not going to go through the effort to get the title. I just want the title. But you can be it in other ways, right? You can do a PhD. Mm. Yeah, but see, I don't want to do a PhD. Um, <laughs> but I want the Dr. Aaron Conway thing. But mm. That would be cool. That's quite a cool doctor name. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you are? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> do you ever... Um, do you ever get the joke that when you say, like, I'm a doctor... And then people like, and then you're like, I'm a dentist. And they're like, oh. Not really a doctor. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I tend to not introduce myself as doctor. Mm. I just think, I mean, obviously it's great to have the title and everything, but I think it's nice just to say, hi, I'm Ria, even to, to patients, to colleagues and things like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't really go out of my way to say I'm a doctor. And a lot of people have asked me, would you change your name on your passport to get, you know, I think you get upgrades and things on flights. But I just, oh, really? yeah, I mean, I just oh, don't really? think I would. But like, if surely if you introduce yourself as like Dr. Kanani, it would be more comforting to the patient that they were the doctor. Do you know what I mean? A lot of anxious people actually find that more scary. I think if you, you know, are down on their level and you're like, hey, I'm Rhea, they're a lot mm. more comfortable with you straight away. Yeah. So how long did the course take? Uh, so the course takes five years. It's the same as medicine. Okay. And was it like, I know you hear a lot about like medicine being like a quite a difficult course to do and quite intensive did you find the same with like dentistry? Yeah, definitely. It was very intense. I think the first year was 
wasn't intense, but they sort of ease you into it. And then for me, I found second, my second year and my final year the most difficult um, just because there were so many exams and it was a lot of content to cover. It's quite hard to find the time to revise as well, when, especially when you're on clinic seeing patients nine to five. It's really hard to then yeah. go home, you know, clean, cook, shower and all the rest of it, gym, and then find the motivation to revise in the evening. And when you're seeing patients during that time, do they know you're like a student? Yeah, yeah, they do know, yeah. And we took a lot longer. So we would we started off seeing, you know, one patient for the whole morning or the whole afternoon. But their treatment was free. Okay. Dentist, like, I don't know what it's called. What, teeth treatment? Dentist treatment? <laughs> Dentistry? I don't know. It's quite expensive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, on the NHS, it's not too bad. But privately, it can get quite expensive, yeah. So up until 18, we get it free anyway. So I don't remember paying a thing unless you like messed up. I remember when I got to uni, my retainers kind of started breaking. Like, and I basically decided that it's not worth paying a 180 quid for the new pair. Oh, that was no. one of the biggest mistakes in my life. If you'd but known like, me to be then, fair, I would have told you to go and get a new set. I didn't want to spend 180 pounds. I was just first year into uni. I was like, you know, money, that's a lot of money, fam. Um, I wear my broken ones as long as I can. Yeah. And then... Then yeah, like my, my like only one tooth is slightly out of line, but everything else is. Oh, that's lucky. Yeah, a lot of people then when they don't wear their retainers, they tend to get a relapse. So it goes back to the way it was before, and then they end up getting. You know, do you have you guys heard about Invisalign? I was going to ask you about that. What you thought about like Invisalign and like whitening strips and stuff like that? Yeah, because I see it so much, and there's the one called High Smile, which is like a machine you put into your mouth. Yeah, I mean High Smile is not good. The safest way to get to sorry High Smile, if anybody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the... Well, they're sponsored like so much. I know, you see like I know. ads. With like famous, like massive celebrities, like using. Yeah, it. I think that it was recently on the news that our governing body or something like that is looking to, well, they were false advertising or something like that because they use a light, don't they? High smile, the blue light. The blue light doesn't yeah. actually do anything, and it's always safe. It just looks like it's doing. It something. looks like it's doing something exactly, and they sort of market it. I think is that it will make your teeth whiter faster. But that's not the case. Um, so before you have whitening done, you should have a full mouth check to check that everything's healthy because it can cause damage otherwise. If there, there is, you know, if you have inflamed gums or if you have any decay in your mouth, that needs to be sorted first. And it's always generally safer to do it with a dentist because some people do have reactions to the whitening gel and we can actually do it with you whilst you're in the chair and things like that and monitor how the progress is going as well. And I think what tends to happen with a lot of people is that they start whitening and then it gets really addictive so they don't stop. So I actually had a lady come into me. She used um, Crest whitening strips. I don't know if you guys have heard of those. So they're like strips that you, you sort of peel off and then you stick it on your front teeth. And this girl was using it so much that the, the whole front layer of her teeth eroded away. So the, the front layer, the top layer of your teeth is white. So that's called the enamel. And then that all eroded away. And then there was the underlying layer that was showing that was dark yellow. And that was permanent damage to all her front teeth. So go to the dentist, kids, if you want whitening. <laughs> <laughs> so Invisalign's different from the whitening stuff, right? That's Invisalign's more to straighten. Yeah, they're clear, clear aligners. They, they look like mouth guards, but you have a series yeah, of yeah. them, and you change them every week or two weeks or something like that, and then it moves your teeth slowly. And the good thing is, obviously, you can't really see them because they're clear. But even if you do need to take them out, you know, quickly for an occasion or something, that you can. So this is something that, like, in dentistry and in the practitioners that you guys support. Yeah. Like if someone went to Visalign, you can go into the dentist and yeah. they'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I thought it was just something that, you know, you order off Amazon and then just do it yourself. So there are some companies where you can do that now. But again, I definitely wouldn't recommend them. I think, I can't remember the name of this one, but they send you trays in the post and you take impressions yourself. So they give you the material and you just stick the trays in your mouth. And then I think you post it back to them and they send you 
this Invisalign type aligners. Okay. And that's really, really bad. I know one of my cousins wanted to do it and he messaged me saying he was going to. I think I rang him straight away and said, please don't do this. Because <laughs> <laughs> again, you, you, you're, like I said, your teeth and mouth have to be completely healthy for you to start it. And if you go and see the dentist, they can take x-rays and they can see things that obviously you wouldn't be able to, to, to see at home. Yeah, I, I remember before I got my braces, them giving me a uh, an impression. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, I got like a mold of my whole like mouth. I just thought it was so weird. I just got like a statue of like my shit teeth at the time. Oh, you still have them. <laughs> See, I'm quite a. I don't like throwing things away. Mm. That like could be like I could look back in like ten years time and be like, oh, that was a memory yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> so I probably do somewhere. <laughs> you said you had retainers for like four years. I I don't know if that was a thing because mine, mine's were like a year max or like your sorry not retainers your braces. Yeah. So mine kept, mine did break a few times, like quite a lot, especially near, near the beginning. So she had, she had a bit of a go at me. I'm not going to lie. Aww. The orthodontist. Why did they break? Okay. So I swear sometimes I didn't even realize they broke and then I'd go in and she would just be like, okay, it broke. And I'll be like, what? <laughs> One time I remember getting like really angry at my sister and like, I crunched my teeth together, <laughs> like, like fuming and they just broke. I was, oh, I was so mad. I was mad, like, because I just blamed her as well. I was like, mate, you just oh, cost no. me another like six months with these on. And that was during like, yeah, school and it just didn't, wasn't a good look. And then, yeah. yeah. But when I'm going off, that was, that was good. Yeah. Do you know when was I was like moment. in year seven, for some reason, I th- or like year six or whatever it was, I thought they were TVs on your teeth. I don't know why I thought this, but <laughs> I genuinely thought they were just TVs on people's teeth. And I thought that was like a rich person thing, thing to do. Like a television? Yeah, like. Yeah, like a small TV on each of their teeth. Oh, wow. When I was young, yeah, I was bare naive. Yeah. Wait, watch it. BBC News on each tooth, mate. <laughs> TV is on That's actually a really good analogy to tell kids, though. Yeah, so like it, like back in like primary school, like I genuinely thought the people in like year six and above who had them, I was like, raw. is this like a fashion <laughs> thing? Like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, to be honest. Oh, my God. Are you like a private dentist or are you like a one on the NHS? So at the moment, I, I'm an NHS dentist um, because I'm still doing my training in my first year out of uni. So I'm on a, a training contract, but from September, I can do private work as well. I've just chosen to go into hospital instead, which is also for the NHS. I didn't even know you can go into hospital and there's dentists mm. in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. It's a whole different world that even I didn't really know about until I started at uni. How's it been with coronavirus? Have you like not been able to really do much yeah so we had to stop seeing patients um around about end of march time and then our practice was still open but for phone calls only so i was one of the on-call dentists that was answering these phone calls and it was actually really sad to to hear all these people in so much pain over the few months that we were in lockdown but we we now have opened up again which is great yeah and then any um what's like the best tips to like just keeping i guess good healthy (laughs) teeth we have a video on this. Yeah, the video. I was hoping this wouldn't come up, but... We can link it, the video. No, we can, we can put it. It's fine. Yeah, so during lockdown, I made a video. My friends and I did a community project where we made a few videos on how to look after your teeth during lockdown. Um, so give it a watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. The seductive voice is back, I want to guys. say, like... <laughs> Aaron, calm down. You know what? For you. Aaron has to drink some water. He's like, woo! It's getting hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need to cool down. So what, what are like some of the main bits from the video? I mean, I think most people know brushing twice a day is really, really important, especially at night. Um, and then flossing once a day as well. Most people don't actually floss because they don't think it's important, but it's a lot important than you might think because the brush only goes 
really on the outside surfaces and the inside surfaces of your teeth. It doesn't go in between all the teeth, which is actually where most people get decay because they don't floss. But it is tricky and it is time consuming. So a lot of people don't do it. Yeah, I, I can't say I floss. <sighs> I, I have like for periods now and then, but I've never. I'm afraid of putting that string between my teeth. I feel like I'm just going to end up like doing some damage to my gums or something as well. Like, or I feel like it's going to separate my teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, like eventually, if I do it so much, it's gonna like I'm gonna have a gap. If you do, if you do it correctly, it shouldn't do that. The string is definitely not strong enough to break your teeth or to move them apart that much. On this video, do you show us how to floss? I do. <laughs> okay, well, we may need to watch it. And then I guess last thing I won't say it was on. Do you think the dentist thing was kind of an Asian thing? I guess you said like was it your dad works in medicine, mm. and then your uncle also works in dentistry. Yeah. Did you kind of feel any pressure, I guess? You know what? No. My parents were really supportive and they said to me, you know, whatever career you choose will support you. I think it was just a, a natural liking for dentistry that I had. And I also naturally liked science in school, so it just kind of made sense. But I know that it's, it is really hard to know for sure what you want to do when you're 18. And having only shadowed somebody is very different from doing it yourself as a whole career. So I guess I was also very lucky that I ended up really enjoying it throughout uni and I'm really enjoying it now as well. And I guess like dentistry is one of those like, I guess, stereotypical Asian jobs, right? It definitely is. Yeah. Did you think about it like in a positive or a negative way at all? I think it was mainly at uni when I actually walked into the lecture theatre for the first time and I just saw that the majority of people were Asian. And that was quite a shock to me because my school was very different. The majority we're not Asian. So I had to adjust to that quite quickly. You're like, what are the Northwest community doing? <laughs> <laughs> literally though, literally. Yeah, basically. I think dentistry suited you because also you're someone who, you're very academic. Ria's extremely academic. Like, especially like I said, with science and maths and stuff. So I think it ties together your like, love for science, but also because you like helping people so much and it's the two put together. So I think that's why it suits you so well. See, the science and maths thing, it was never something I would say, like, I loved. It was just something I was good at or, like, good at compared to other people in my school. Yeah. Did you not like it to be good at it? Because if I didn't like something, I couldn't be really good at it. So I like maths, so I was good at it. But I didn't like... Hamish didn't like English, right? I knew... I was, I was going to make the joke myself, but I left it. Because I knew one of you would like to take it. So enjoy your moment. Wait, did someone explain the joke to me? They're basically going to mock me for my... When I basically, when I read out loud on air or under pressure, I fuck up so much. Like off, off script. If I read up something off script I fuck up so much like it's horrific I turn into Floyd Mayweather that's the joke yeah. <laughs> yeah. but like generally like actually you know what yeah I'm gonna bring this up there just because it's gonna like correct some of the things people probably think I'm like really bad at English also because I carry on the joke as well you know I part myself so like when I say like oh, I can't pronounce letters, uh, words with more than four syllables and then stuff like that <laughs> it's mostly true don't get me wrong but like the other time when we were sewing out descriptions so me and Aaron back and forth our descriptions yeah so in between yeah there was like this point where I saw that there was a need for a semicolon I put it in and Aaron's like right you put a semicolon can you spell semicolon? Yeah, dickhead. <laughs> I'm not like how do I say it? Like basically, when I'm reading out loud off a script, like in front of people or something, it always goes wrong. But like, I don't think I have an issue otherwise. I know I'm a slow reader. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but. I, I fuck up if I'm doing it in front of people reading off script. That's why if I'm presenting, it's usually not on a script. I'm just doing it off what I know. I was gonna say something to par you, but then I thought. Do it, do it, do it. <laughs> 
Okay, don't, do it, do it. don't say that and then not do it. <laughs> I was gonna say, is that why you messed up my intro? <laughs> no one, no one had it. No one knows what you're doing, about. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was hoping this could like slide into the Asian mentalities thing. What is Asian mentality? There are actually so many topics within this that I could talk about. I think one of the things is the disparity between boys and girls. Still, I think it's now subconscious. It's not as bad, I have to say. Through the generations, it's, it's got a lot better. But I still think. There is this mentality that girls will, you know, stay at home a bit more. They'll bring up the kids more. They'll cook the majority of the time, things like that. And I think in this day and age, it's really important just to have equality. I know I sound like such a feminist right now. <laughs> Everyone just sound like a feminist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I see it a lot in my like, just in my community. You know, my. <laughs> in your, in your, <laughs> what community is that? No, in a, in a, no, I mean just like just like family events or something. You'd see a lot of the time like. I guess all the women are like cooking or something, and all the men are just like sitting on their asses on the sofa, Honestly, like drinking beer or something. So true. And then when the food's done, they'd bring the food out, and then when the food's done, they'd be cleaning and stuff like that. At certain events I've been to, I mean, it's like they're like I guess in this case the males do a bunch of the cooking as well. It's just that in the kitchen they're not allowed in because the ladies take over, and then they basically don't let them in. So I know this from experience because I went to get a glass of water. They said get it from a bottle outside. I was like fine <laughs> so like basically <laughs> um sometimes it's their own doing that but i know like in a lot of cases they make like the you know like the offerings from like certain venerations like they'll be the ones doing it while sitting on their asses ironically yeah. but like i'm not saying that it's obviously i know that there's inequality i was just saying like there are cases where i've seen that them lot do the cooking and so on yeah but i've also seen the case where i've just tried to enter the kitchen to get water and i've been completely told to fuck off so <laughs> like what? maybe you should keep trying i pretty much won't be going to many more events like I, I go to like one maybe at most a year fair enough if any that's like um, the amount of invites i get do you know how to cook Ooh. i used to i used to could make biryani i can't do it anymore i know i can't do it anymore hey, a biryani aaron do you know how to cook of course <laughs> i'd say i'm a ainsley harriet level what of chef <laughs> i'd say they're like he, he'll youtube it and then do it that's that's fair enough yes that's all you need and Ainsley Harry isn't like the creme de la creme. The creme what? Creme de la creme. <laughs> Which is like, what? <laughs> What's this red cheap race? The best in it, bro. <laughs> no, I'd, I'd say I can cook. I'd, if someone asked me, can I cook? I'd be like, yeah. But you mainly cook naturals. <laughs> Natural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a speciality. <laughs> right. I have a, a special dish, <laughs> but I'm flexible, you know? <laughs> I can if somebody asks me to cook something, I'll I'll do it. Yeah. Like I'm I wouldn't say I cook regularly. Who does the cooking in your household? What about the baking? Well that's because my sister's a baker. Like <laughs> she bakes if like yeah, for like her clients or whatever. So mm. But I'd say I could cook. That's what they all say. Ria, you should try some of my stuff. Whoa. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you two are doing a madness today. What, like, what is this? Honestly. At, at university and in American or I, I like cooked my own stuff. I wouldn't oh, yeah, like water out or anything. When you book your date, don't put it on the third wheel calendar, please. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh wow, I'm bad in the sense that I wouldn't like offer to cook. Yeah. So I would hold my hands up to that. Sorry. To be fair, I would just offer to pay for a takeaway if the opportunity usually came. <laughs> no, really I used bad. to do cooking at the beginning of lockdown. I was actually cooking every Saturday. Then I basically just couldn't bother. To See some of the stuff that my sister and I have been making. That's a smoothie bowl. Mm. Yeah, that does look good. We did a Lebanese. This is all like made. Scratch. If you know how to make it, Lebanese food is decent. Flatbreads from scratch as well. It was amazing. Mm. Did you have a stone fire oven like the stone? 
Oh, yeah, no, you literally do it in a pan. <laughs> but yeah, this oh, is that's not. It's not correct then. It's not correct. Hey, we should do it like a Richie. No, no, <laughs> bro. We have a Lebanese place in Enza. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah, but you're acting as if she has like it in her kitchen. Don't matter, innit? Like she may do. How do I know this, fam? Have you seen the ridiculous things you lot are saying? Kremle. I don't know even what it was, fam. They're like. <laughs> No, the, be- the best thing about those is like I'm a front-end developer I'm all about design like looking stuff looking good so like the presentation oh. is key in any of these dishes you're so right that's like the best the best thing it can taste like shit but if it looks good it <laughs> I disagree good. I think it has to look good and taste better <laughs> oh. Oh. oh my gosh <laughs> I'm sorry but the way you said that I can't I disagree it needs to look good but taste better <laughs> Ria's crying right now. Actually, oh my god! I think, I think just... I've actually gone bright. I'm teasing. Wow, Ria! I need look good face better. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. Hey, Aaron, n- name the best looking dish you've ever had. Oh my god! It'd be like creme de la Ria. <laughs> oh. But yeah, let, let's let's move on. Please. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> oh, that was really good, guys. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, so um, Asian mentalities and the gender uh, like difference. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's still like a massive thing today. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like improving. I am not around like my. I don't really hang around with a lot of Asians, if I'm honest. Um, or like Asian, like older Asian, like I'm not a part of no community or anything. So mm-hmm. I think you generally have to improve it within your own circle. So, for example, within my extended family, when we used to meet up, like I think it was Hamish, he said that the women would just be in the kitchen and the men would just be sitting around. It's now changed. So before. When I was really young, we used to eat separately. So the kids and uh, the men would eat first, and then the women would eat after. And actually, we made a change, and now we all make a point to sit down and eat together, which is so nice. Is that because so the women were like making the the food, yeah, and then they were giving it out like straight away, kind of thing. So yeah, then they ate it, and then and then they ate the food just finished. Yeah. Me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also find it as well like when it's like you know like a buffet, not a buffet, but like the food's out on like a table or something. Mm. I don't, I don't always I remember always finding like yeah the men would go and get the food first yeah. or they'd be told yeah. by the women to go and get the food first. Wait, this yeah. is so opposite. Like it's so true. Because from the ones I've been to at least, yeah. But it obviously could just be different culture and tradition. All the women and children eat first and all the men have to stand at the back and wait. They don't even get seats from they just have to stand at the back and wait. Oh wow. And That's when you go up no one no one hands it out, you just kind of just go to the food place, I guess, for efficiency reasons. And if anyone's distributing like offerings, it would be that they send the kids around because that just gives something the kids to occupy them, I guess, you know, something to do. They send them around with the offerings. But I didn't know that like it was like obviously I, I think the one of the biggest divide thing I've been to when it comes to Asian mentalities and it comes into religion as well, was when I went to this other temple, kind of like I think in Parable or Greenford, one of the two. Oh, shout out Ash. Yeah, and basically i was stood with my mom right like on um just we were just on the prayer side and then i said that now you have to go stand that side and then she has to stand this side i'm like that's my mom i don't know anyone on that side what do you want me to do like just stand there by myself so like yeah i'm like okay <laughs> like and then i had to just wait i just looked at my mom like what, what have you brought us to like this is not how i go temple or anything and yeah so like i hate going to those temples where they create that separation because like yeah. We don't have any sisters or daughters in the family, so she would be by herself on the other side as well. Yeah, I'd rather just us lot be together because I don't know no one else there. I'm not there to make friends, really. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, 
I wish that some of that stuff would go away, and even in the temples and stuff. That's why I guess I stick to my local temples where there's no actual divides kind of made, I guess. Yeah, that's fair enough. I'm not actually sure what the reason is why they separate men and women in those kind of temples. I have no idea, to be honest. But I was going to say, in my case, I think in my household, it's slightly different because when my dad first came to the country, he was a chef. So like he can make a few dishes better than my mom can. And they'll be healthier, to be honest. And my mom's really good at the sugary and savory dishes. Yeah. So like at the weddings, yeah, she'll always, even though she's not asked to go help, she'll always go help. And then and always the best like savory dishes and whatnot. Like, you know, the sweet like Indian offerings and stuff. Mm. Like she, I'm pretty sure she's like uncontested in the community. She's like, she's like the top dog. Basically, there was one time I thought genuinely she was just sitting next to the veneration with my cousin, the only one close cousin I pretty much have. But then when those um, offerings were handed out and I tasted, I'm like, wait, nah, something's wrong here. Yeah, because this don't taste like, uh, you know, like an average thing. Yeah. So I asked you, like, who cooked this? I had to ask who cooked this right away because I'm like, this isn't made by like some random person. This has to be made by my mom. Like I was like so confident that it was my mom. And then I found out that she did make. I'm like, why are you helping? You were meant to sit and just, you know, relax. And then, yeah, but like, I think they have the specialities, but it depends, right? I don't know if you in your households, like they take turns cooking or something, but mm. Yeah, I mean, we we take turns to kind of lead it, but I think we're all there to help, which is really nice, especially during lockdown when we've all been at home. I think we've made an extra effort to to spend more time together and, and cook together. I'm like kind of the person that likes cooking by myself. Mm. I hate having people bother me cooking. Yeah, I like cooking on my own. Too many chefs in the kitchen. Yeah. I, I just like cooking, zoning out, putting music on, no one else in the kitchen. When there's other people there, I get too stressed. But me and Ria make some good dishes. <laughs> Yeah, Shri and I have made some really good stuff, actually. We've made some really good stuff. Our pesto pasta is ooh, fresh pesto, though. It's like okay. fresh pasta from, like, scratch. So good. I don't want to hear someone saying past their pasta's peng. Like, I want to hear, like, an actual dish. Wait, hey, Mish, remember when I made you falafel? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that was decent, to be fair. I, I won't lie. Did you make the falafel from scratch? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. okay. We did, he didn't even have, a like, the blender <laughs> to, like, kind of grind down the chickpeas as well. So, like, it was actually, it was, it was actually really good effort really good effort it tasted good as well so Aaron can cook falafel (laughs) (laughs) what I'm glad to hear though is that on Ria's community side they try to like at least eradicate a bit of it right yeah Um, and I assume they're gonna try but the thing is I think like in our generation since we're all I guess more conscious of it I'm hoping that it would be like very little if anything will be passed and down the generations yeah when we get to that age whenever that age is meant to be (laughs) (laughs) another like I guess, age mentality. To be honest, I'm not really speaking a lot from experience. I'm more speaking of just like people I know and um, yeah. stuff I've seen. It's like a tradition. I think Asians follow traditions quite a lot. And I guess this whole like men and women thing was just a tradition mm. whenever it was. Yeah. And great. they found it like hard to kind of like let go. Yeah. It stems from like the idea that husbands are like God to the wife and the wife mm. it's literally like your husband is like your god and you should really like obey them and do what they say and look at them like god and it stems from that idea i think but obviously Wait, it's taken- it? i thought it was that when you bring in the wife so the daughter-in-law the house she's the goddess that's what i was under the impression it was yours, yours is really forward thinking because mine is like, <laughs> like from what no, I've this, heard, is, this like, is genuinely like, from what i've seen on like obviously i have no option but so if the tv is running like my parents are usually watching some indian show or um, <laughs> whether it's an indian or a god show what tv channel is this on probably star plus and everything as well like you, i read the subtitles because i don't understand hindi fully sometimes so i'm like oh yeah when you bring in the tone oh, no, she's meant to be the goddess i'm like okay if she's meant to be treated well but i think there's still the impression that 
your husband, like she'll be making in those shows, she's like making him a tiffin and he's taking it to work and she's standing by the door and she's like, whatever you want, like I'll wait for you to come home. And it's literally like, like he's this God. She takes care of him. That's her job role. Have you seen recent ones? Like recent ones are like trying to... I watch a lot of them in year seven, year eight. I used to love it. But now... In recent ones, I've seen they're quite different because they're like, I guess there's others helping the housewives turn into like doing the equivalent thing of, I guess, the male or the husband counterparts, whatever in the house so i was just like i don't know what you're talking about because all of these shows currently from what i can see like they're always trying to make sure like oh either they're already earning or like they're trying to get them into like i don't know what the show name was by the way i just watched like a few minutes of it and i saw that basically there's this um, i guess housewife and she wasn't like educated or anything probably so she wouldn't be able to speak like in the school or anything when they went to just kind of do a cook-off so but then they offered her a job and she had to decline because her, her children didn't want to be embarrassed one was egging her on and then like the husband and everyone else were just like no don't go because he was going to do the house tools etc and like they know the parents and then one of the husband's friends i don't know if he's like cheating with i couldn't tell the storyline by the way <laughs> I'm only, i only watched it for a few minutes so and then she comes along and she's like oh no you should definitely do this and then supports her like as like be a, like strong independent and stuff and then oh, wow. obviously that one kid's still like egging her on to be continue to do the cooking classes like extracurricular activity at school so i thought like they're trying to send a better message but like i don't know if it's enough normally it's just that evil mother-in-law that comes in you're like duh, 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 and they put like they zoom on her face and they have like lightning and she's like looking at them because she like dropped like the food on the floor or something like that was a typical story but i don't know before there's been changes now but it definitely stems from previously having that idea that you have to almost you know do everything to make your husband happy that is your job as a wife and it's your role is to make your husband happy and look after your kids and that's your primary role as a woman and that's like where the patriarchy kind of stems from within like india but now it's probably improved a little bit, but who knows? But then see, this is where I went to bring up like Indian matchmaking, the the new ah. show on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Because I still, I've only seen one episode, but I think there's still like aspects of that. Oh, yeah. It's actually come under quite a lot of criticism, the show, I think, in India. Because I think uh, there's, there's a scene I read. I, I haven't seen it yet, but apparently she was. So there's this matchmaker. Yeah. Which I didn't even know existed. So when you have like arranged marriages in India or whatever, I thought it was just... The parents did all that like stuff like negotiation but apparently there's this like mumbai's top matchmaker <laughs> and she gets hired by these parents oh, wow. to like do the connections so she's like a middle woman mm. and then apparently she said some things about like one of the girls how like she's not a very photogenic girl but she's mm. like this and that and, oh like, my god yeah so they went around like she goes to see her clients or whatever and then they'd say like oh i want a guy who's this this that and that and like like the woman would do the same yeah and then she'd like create profiles for like each of them she talks about like having like a database if it's like some big data science like shit she's doing in the background but yeah they basically get that like three top traits and then they find like matches accordingly but where, where do you think she got that idea from third wheel no she's gonna be like it's my idea <laughs> but yeah I, I can imagine i've only as i said i've only seen like one episode but i can imagine there being a lot of sexism in that show there's colorism as well to be honest yeah yeah there is There's a lot of that where they're like oh i want someone who's not too dark not too light like it's literally like as if they're like this is like goldilocks <laughs> like not too hot not too cold um the way they speak about it but it definitely has come under a lot of scrutiny but it's still a good it's quite a good show to to watch very interesting are those actors or is it like a real thing like where they it's on... a real thing it is, oh, real it is real oh yeah, it's like legit people trying to get yeah. married but it's actually in america like mm. the mumbai matchmaker comes to america and finds Ah, like these okay. Indian, which is why it's more interesting because there's people like yeah similar sort of American values rather than yeah like Indian values. So it's, they're like meant to be seen as quite modern and everything, but in reality, when when it comes to like their tradition and stuff, they may not be. I was gonna say, what is one thing you've seen like 
start being different when it comes to like I guess genderism or in Asian like families and so what things one thing you've seen improve if anything the only thing that comes to mind is what I said before really I mean I'm sure there's more I think like we were saying before that naturally Asian people tend to go towards careers like medicine and dentistry and law I think now parents have become a lot more open to other types of careers especially creative avenues I mean they're still not as open I would say but there has been an improvement for sure yeah I think there's a reluctance to be different yeah in in the Asian like community I think whether that's like appearance or in like relationships mm. or yeah I your job it does come from a good place though like for example with careers such as medicine and industry you know you kind of know that you're sort of set up for life and mm. you would have a stable job you would have stable income you would have a good quality of life yeah I think it's also a case of like not wanting to be like wanting to save face a bit and not wanting mm. to be embarrassed yeah um, that's actually the next point I was going to bring up. Like, I think like they care a lot about stature because they think that these things give a lot of stature in the community mm. or a higher, like, I don't know what, like, you know, puts them on a pedestal. And then it's similar to like where they think that stature is also acquired by having gold, like, you know, like gold jewelry and so on, like helps them like show like more prestige or more stature. I don't know if anyone else has noticed that all the time. I assume, I assume a lot of people would have. Well, I don't know about the gold stuff. Like, yeah, I think I, maybe I it used to really be gold, but I think that. it's changed now. I'm pretty sure gold, or at least I guess in our community. I guess. But like stature, I, I can see like, yeah, like it goes with like the job thing as well. We, I think parents or like grandparents would want to be like, oh yeah, my, my kid or my grandchild is a doctor or like this higher like profession or stuff like that. Then rather saying like, oh, they're an actor or something like mm. that or yeah. like a comedian stuff like that um i guess yeah if you're an actor or a comedian or something like that you're not really verified in a way until you know you've got some kind of backing or you've become quite famous for example yeah if you're just starting out i think there's a lot of mm, get a lot of critics but I, I feel like that reluctance to be different has just made me kind of want to be mm. more different yeah That's good if anything it's like pushed me yeah i think that also follows in with something i mentioned like on previous episodes where like when I went to uni, I didn't want to be like, oh, that person that was just a part of this brown group. Mm. Like, I wanted to be different. I didn't want to just associate with a brown group. Mm. I wanted to, like, do my own kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because I knew that was just a mentality that was kind of, yeah, associated with brown people. Just, yeah. like, being in your own, like, bubble kind of thing. And, like, just Asians in general, really. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. It's because everyone, it was in the community, they all care about what other people think. It's all about what will yeah. other people say, what will other people say, what will other people think about you if you do this. So, yeah, even, yeah, even with career paths, you'll, you should, you'll try the one which is, you know, the most reputable or, like, maybe you'll try and see if you're good at science first. And then if not, you'll try another avenue. That's all, it's, like, a lot of, a lot of um, stigma around doing other things, I think. But slowly it's breaking down, I would hope. Yeah. Yeah, basically, they always listen to, they care too much about what like said relatives think that who are lost in like non-open-minded ways and they're always right don't get me wrong like, this is how they act here yeah. i mean speaking from my own parents but they're always right and no matter what some of us do we're wrong i mean it takes like a certain amount like if suddenly like there's another cousin that had graduated doing computer science now it's somewhat okay because like oh like oh they got a decent job after doing computer science i'm like oh so now they're okay so i'm okay because they're okay yeah <laughs> but i'm not okay when i was doing it in the first place yeah, for all these years but then then they also sometimes cover up and say oh he's got an office job so that's a good job they always like if you're not doing like i guess medicine or if you're not doing um, if you're not in an office of some sort doing a good job what they define to be a good job then then basically I'm cracking it like well <laughs> I, th I think it also comes from but definitely uh, family first and I mean like I think most people are family first but I mean strongly family first yeah what do you um, mean by family first like close like as in your family like your parents and stuff or do you mean like 
I don't right. know. I even mean in like the general sense, like Asian kids probably tend to like not move out of home until a lot later than say Western kids who probably strive to be more independent a lot earlier on. Yeah. And I think that comes from like maybe a point of just not wanting to like disappoint your family or stuff like that. We spoke about that recently, me and Ria, about how there's like a very fine line or like there's just a balance you have to have when you want to be independent, but you're also very family orientated, especially when you're Indian, because you want to be able to spend time with your family, look after your family. But at the same time, you also want to have that independence. So it's, you struggle a lot to find a balance where you're not almost, I think with, with Asian parents or Indian parents, sometimes they almost get offended if you wanted to like move out, I think at an early age, you didn't want yeah. to be at home and not even in a bad way, just because they love you and they want to spend time with you. Yeah. Um, and also likewise you know you want to spend time with them but because as you get older you realize your parents are getting older and you do want to spend time with them but at the same time you also want to live your own life so i struggle personally finding that balance um, me and Maria were speaking about that recently yeah i definitely struggle to find that balance as well for sure obviously with asians in particular it can be quite obviously like we just discussed a stigma to step out of your comfort zone would you say you've probably done that quite a lot in the past few years or the past year or you know, what's your self-discovery journey been like? I think recently it's happened a lot more. I mean, even coming on this podcast was quite, <laughs> Yeah, I don't really, you know, I, I don't know Hamish and Aaron that well. And also to talk about my whole life on a podcast for it to go to the public is, for me, is quite a big thing. Yeah. I'm so shy and I'm quite an introvert, I would say. Mm. Would you say that it's easier than it looks or like when you're actually on it or yeah. like, is there... Okay. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Uh, we need to put that clip out on the clip. Sorry. Hamish is just looking for that like <laughs> e- ego boost. No, no, it's not the ego boost. It's so that other guests feel more comfortable that they don't. It lessens the nerves because when other guests we've done it in the past and we put the clips out, I think it's helped. But then, like in dentistry, you're meeting new people all the time, aren't you? That is very true. I think it's like because this year is like a record, whereas that one is like an informal record. Of yeah, yeah. I know there's like different levels, but still, like as someone who'd consider themselves like a shy person. Yeah, yeah going into a field like i I went to like computer science i can just be behind like hidden all day kind of thing Mm, whereas dentistry is more a bit public yeah that's true but i think on a professional level i do have more confidence and i know what i'm talking about i know what i need to say whereas with something like this you know we're going quite freely between different topics and things like that and i don't know what's going to come up next (laughs) you know and like Hamish said it's a recorded conversation so I guess like back in school, what did you consider yourself as before you kind of self-discovered yourself, I guess, if that makes sense. That, that's a lot of words, but. <laughs> I think I was quite, I was definitely very, very shy. I know when I, well, my mum and dad tell me that when I was really young, um, whenever my mum was carrying me and someone else wanted to carry me, immediately I would just cry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there was actually, so my, my cousins all used to live together in this massive house with my grandma and there was a huge, massive teddy bear that was in the corner and apparently when we used to go there I just went and sat in between the legs of this teddy because I was so shy and I think throughout uni my confidence has definitely grown and also when Shri and I went to Croatia <laughs> last summer it's actually a year ago tomorrow that was a real turning point for me because a lot of things in my life changed very quickly so I graduated I'd finished uni I was about to start work I moved back home after five years of living out and that was that that was a massive change and a lot of responsibility that was then put onto me to start work and things like that and when we went to Croatia I think Shri and I just had a lot of a lot of discussions about it and we we talked so openly about everything we hadn't actually spoken that much previously because I was busy with my finals and she was busy with her job so 
it was a really good way to kind of it sounds so such like a relationship thing but reconnect (laughs) (laughs) we are basically a couple Uh, literally we literally are (laughs) one time okay so on april fool's day i'm going a bit off track here but on april save this for the third wheel bit at the end save it for that question shall i okay oh yeah okay i had another third wheel story though i might say two it's weird that you consider yourself shy and introverted because and I always tell you that, but when you're with me or when, since I've known you, I never have ever considered you shy. Like I always will, I feel like I push you to do more things. I'll be like, come on. You'll be like, no, and then you'll do it. When I like kind of egg you on to do it. But yeah, I've never considered you introverted or shy ever. Like I've never, I've always seen you. Yeah, I've always seen you as like very confident or very, very similar to me. I just see you as a bit more quieter than I am, but I don't see you as shy or introverted. So it's really interesting that you see yourself like that. Oh, wow. Like she's very bubbly and extroverted when she's with me. Like, But I think that's your effect more than anything yeah, it's, like. it's definitely her effect I, it brings out the extroverted version of me mm. are you talking about situations where it's just you two it can be just us two or us two within a group of people as well i think when she's there and she's present yeah. i'm a lot more confident like even now yeah because <laughs> i'd say like back in school if i'm with like my friends that i mentioned earlier like just around them i'm fine yeah. but then definitely like during school time they would even if i'd be around them and other people they'd definitely say i was like socially awkward or like shy or like Mm, yeah i don't know i'd say both of us are kind of like that like only the people that know us like properly or on a professional level we're like decent otherwise i don't think like i think the podcast has helped quite a lot but i, I wouldn't say like i I got my way to like try to befriend everyone or like it works i wouldn't say like i don't know like if i was at an event i'll try maybe speak to the person to my right or left at most but then i wouldn't go on my way to speak i need to speak to 100 people here you know all that stuff what do you mean you chirps and everyone <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I don't I don't even know what like really self-discovery even really means kind of thing like I don't even know if like have I discovered myself like what does that mean discovering yourself that's a really good question right, it's got bare deep mm. Rio you may need to help you <laughs> not like that not like that oh my god yeah a lot of people seem to think that you know you go on this this traveling trip to Bali and you find yourself I think that's the answer gap yeah yeah, <laughs> it may be the answer for some people, but I don't think it's the typical answer. I think it, self-discovery comes at a point when a lot of things, for me, it came at a point when a lot of things changed in my life in one go. And I had to adapt to the circumstances very quickly. Okay. And I think also when we went to Croatia, we just had this mindset, our mindsets, both of us completely just changed. It's really hard to explain, actually, but we just... I think when you're stuck in the same place for so long and or even the same the same routine for so long, you can almost lose yourself in that routine. The same way you can lose yourself like in a relationship. If you're doing the same thing or you're with someone and it's just repetitive over and over again, you can lose yourself and you lose sight of who you are. Whereas when you're removed from that routine... So when we went on holiday, we were obviously removed from that routine of whatever it could be. We obviously had a lot of changes in her life at that point. I was really in a routine of work. Um, I felt like drained... I was tired. And then when we kind of removed ourselves, we had, it was almost like you were wearing glasses and someone just took off these glasses and you could just see it clearly. It was so crazy. Um, it, d- it did help that we were on like a boat and we were cruising through the sea pretty much every day on like five hour tours. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. But it was just, it literally felt like a movie. Like from start to finish, that Croatia trip was something that, I remember there was one night that stands out to me the most. I don't know if it was the same for Ria, but we basically went on this, sometimes I think I dreamt it because it was so like, <laughs> Um, so picturesque that I think did actually happen <laughs> um, but it was one time when we went for this it was maybe 
the second night and we went for it was maybe like 11 or 12 it was quite late and we were like let's go for a walk because it was so warm outside and then we just walked around and there were the bit where all the like it was like a, it wasn't a strip but it was just like where some like cafes and bars and stuff were but nothing was open at that time yet because it opened really late in Croatia and there was this the, the sea was like right in front of us and obviously you could sit by the side like on the ledge and you could kind of dangle your feet and all the stars are out and it was like nighttime and I'm literally sat and like playing Bollywood music and just started like chatting. We like looked up at the stars. <laughs> it was literally the most like romantic evening. But it was literally like such a self-discovery point. Like, we both looked at each other and we were like, wow, we we're just looking at these stars. Like it sounds so almost cringy, but it was honestly insane. Like to just look up and you saw all these beautiful stars and it was warm and it was summer and it was just oh, it was amazing. It was, it was great. So amazing. It was great just to clear our heads, I think, as well. Because I feel like in, in London, we have such busy lives. Yeah. We hardly take time to stop and reflect mm. or stop and just take it easy. And I also think with COVID like, and lockdown, that's happened as well. I mean, not in the same way as it did in Croatia, but. Croatia and COVID. Also, just a disclaimer, Shri and I are not going out. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, but not in that way. <laughs> I think we mentioned a f- quite a few episodes back that basically being stuck in the place that you or being in the place that you kind of grew up here will always leave you stuck in that mentality mm. and there's no way kind of out of it like but the moment you step out like uh, an example I used was when Aaron went to US that would have been like a whole different bubble a, a whole different mentality when I went to Warwick that was a whole different mentality etc so like even if it's just a different city in the same country like it's nice to mm. have like the freedom of mind if you're in the same doing the, in the same area doing the same thing even if you change your routine yeah. I personally don't think it's enough to change your mindset because you'll, you're constantly going to live in it because that's what you're used to, your environment and so on. Mm-hmm. I don't think you necessarily, though, have to change your mindset. I don't think everyone has to. Like, you could, I mean, you could just live where you live and your mentality is fine and you don't want to change and, like, stuff like mm-hmm. that. You, like, you yeah. don't, I mean, you don't have to, like, mm-hmm. go somewhere else. Like, not everyone has to leave where they were born to. Yeah. I think you don't, it's more about leaving. It's more about, like, mentally leaving if that makes sense. Like you, you don't have to physically remove yourself. If you can mentally remove yourself and you can do that in different ways, like maybe reading or meditation or self-reflection, you don't have to do that by actually physically leaving. But for some people who struggle to maybe meditate or struggle to reflect in that yeah, sense, it doesn't help. especially when you've yeah. got a lot of stuff. Yeah, then physically removing yourself helps that mental part too, automatically. So it just helps with both. But I don't think you have to. Yeah. So uh, Ria, is there anything other than the podcast? Is there anything like you feel like okay this is definitely out of my comfort zone when you say you made that video does that count like would you have normally made a video definitely not and actually when so it was my friend who posted it on her dentist instagram page and i was so nervous the night before i don't think i slept (laughs) um i just was thinking you know what what are people going to think of this will they find it useful is it something that's helpful or is, is it just another video that, you know, won't really take off or people won't take anything from it? Will they understand me? I had all these questions going through my head. But actually, when it came out, a lot of people were so supportive. And that was nice. Yeah, I think it's, you, you, you overthink a lot about what people will think of, like, if something's going to be, like, useful, or if it's going to be good, or just in general. And that's probably the main the main difference, I would say, from our friendship is I don't, I'm like the opposite side. And then you're the, you're one side. So, and then I think both of us will help each other to maybe I'll be maybe a little bit less <laughs> reckless and at the same time you'll care less about what other people will think so when we have, when we're together we have a good balance of that and just not really you know you can present yourself in a certain way but you're not needed by people and what they're going to say I would openly say that's one of my flaws and something I'm trying to work on mm-hmm. that I overthink things and I, I think about too much about or care too much about what other people think yeah for sure for sure but you know the, the main the first thing to any of that is just noticing it in yourself like 
to be able to accept it and then notice it and then then you work on it yourself if you don't accept it first then yeah yeah what is it it's like there's steps in it when it's like addiction to something it's not recovering alcoholic like first step what is it denial or something denial acceptance Um, but then so shri for you then on so you i guess don't consider yourself shy but like has it been something that you've done that's like okay this is outside of my comfort zone and same with you hamish uh to be honest I don't consider I don't consider myself shy. Like, I would say I'm very confident and like I'm outgoing, but at the same time I also I'm extremely I have two extreme sides and I'm really extroverted or I'm very introverted. And for me I have to be introverted and have that time with myself to then be extroverted. So it's like I almost recharge myself to have all this energy with people, but people will also drain me of my energy. Mm. So it's like a constant battle that I have between my introverted side and my extroverted side. But all my friends, all my close friends they all my friends I would say don't really see that they just see that really huge extroverted side but if you really know me you know that I'm very introverted and I also need that time with myself and away from people so I think maybe something that I did was stepping out my comfort zone to be honest I would say would probably be actually becoming president at Hindu Sok that was something I wanted to do but when I actually became it and I realized shit I need to organize all these different things I need to do speeches in front of people I need to say like prayers and like mantras and everything and I had to like go to every event I had to really be the forefront of like what Hinduism was in Manchester for me that was like very it was a big it was out of my comfort zone to be around all the people consistently all the time on a day-to-day basis because I didn't have that time to sit back recharge self-reflect you know get my energy back every day I was doing something with people and I was like okay I feel really overwhelmed but it was it was a very good experience so I'd probably say that also for me like there's like a whole bunch of things so like i think a lot of things that's lead me to do my go to go out of my comfort zone is my drive to just make it like so like one example is when i first came to uni eventually when i decided to join a society like you know like pool club and so on like to do that like it took so much i was like shit mama do i want to go do i not want to go like fuck and then i was like fuck i'm just gonna go yeah because i'm so used to that stigma as i mentioned on like the birthday special episode where people always usually have some sort of like issue with me or like some sort of beef with me or some sort of agenda against me so i usually have like this in my head as like oh what's this person gonna start now like do i need to be ready for something like that's always on my head like even till day like i still think like oh i'm gonna meet the next person they're probably gonna have some agenda against me like i'm probably gonna say something because of the way i speak and the way i sound it's probably gonna offend them and they're probably gonna think oh shit like that person is or that person like all this and that and so like i don't necessarily like care about like what they think it's more that are they gonna try start some shit with me is more of my thing so every time i do try to speak to a new person like I'm, it's always on my mind like i'm like shit is this person has some outstanding beef for me before based on something they heard of me or like are they gonna try to be normal are mm. they gonna like snake me eventually like because i think for me like i don't have like this middle ground of like thing so if you like know me you pretty much like i'll be the same level as open with you usually as i am with everyone else like it's not like i'm not really like i don't know how to say it i would I, I try to do things like you know i mean i try to like i guess first start playing squash like I don't know what good, I, you know what a good example is actually going, when I'm going out for like dinners and stuff, even now catching up with people. So I'm not in my comfort zone there. Like usually like the, the food aspect is all nice and stuff, but usually I need something like, if I, if I hear music that I like, that puts me in so much more comfort. Like I cannot, generally like when I'm out, like I'm probably, even with some of my close friends, I'm pretty still socially awkward. Mm. It just depends on how loud I am or if I get to make my jokes or so on. Mm. Like, but if someone's louder, like I'll just let them be louder because yeah. I'm not like, that social person that needs to be the loudest or something so although i do obviously everyone knows i love to have my when i get to power people or so on or when i get to like crack my puns and so on but, <laughs> um I'll, I'll take every opportunity at that but 
I see like even when even when I'm just like casually mingling, like initially it's a bit awkward until we're like until we get into like a proper conversation, you know, like small talk doesn't really work for me because I still just feel awkward. Yeah. Like Yeah, it seems like you both overthink but in different ways. Like you'll overthink Ria about like what people will uh, maybe say and Hamish will overthink like shit, is this person gonna come for me or send for me and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, one thing out of my comfort zone was when I got my hair dyed, yeah, and everyone was um, telling me, yeah. oh, what the fuck have you done? I'm like, what do you mean? For that? <laughs> sick, yeah. yeah. So, like, I didn't care what they thought in that aspect, but I remember, like, everyone was like, what the fuck is this here? Like, what have you done? I'm like, what do you mean? It's sick, yeah. Now, I'm going to get it redone when, when all this shit is over, but, like, there's a long time to go before that. So, I just have to settle with. Yeah, because it makes you more noticeable as well when you're dying it, like, like. To be fair, I don't like to be noticed like that. I think it's just like, the style that or like the fashion sense that I have just ends up being a bit flashy but like I don't even have any designer clothes or any of that stuff it's just mm. clothing choices I make or the colours that I put in my, to my well, not that it's even anything more than black and white these days it just happens to be standout things which I guess like it goes against me because I don't like like I don't even like having pictures taken of me that's why like when the podcast picture is taken as I say I'm just <laughs> like oh fuck's sake another another shitty picture of me I just like prefer to be under the radar and I said in the past like I'd prefer to have done this with a mask on like if we both did it with a mask on oh. and the guests would always have a different mask <laughs> we never use our real names etc like it would be like it would be so much more funny as well because people would always be intrigued by identity and then I would just never have to you know we could just say like Hamish left for reasons <laughs> <laughs> followed followed his heart went for the chirps he left the podcast oh my god i know we've now got someone else that's, can i say that's more like an aaron thing to do aaron the podcast stopped because aaron went um to just be with his chirps full time hey, we're not talking about me we're talking about you uh, don't don't drag me <laughs> yeah and then someone else came back with a mask another thing that kind of follows on from what you're saying about you don't like having pictures taken i think it's the same with me unless i'm with people that i know very well i get again i get quite shy with these kind of things Mm. Um, and I think also going back to the whole caring too much what people think it does actually stem from things that have happened in the past so for example when I started at uni a lot of people judged me from my social media alone one of the guys who is actually one of my best friends now shout out Manny he actually said to me you know I saw your your profile picture and it was my prom picture Um, and he says you know I thought you were really stuck up and you were a huge bitch <laughs> how can you get that from one photo yeah. i'm literally just standing there smiling in a dress with my hair done up and my makeup on mm. and it's things like that that really gets me because i think you know what kind of image am i portraying on social media because i'm not trying to look like that that, that i mean i hope people would think that i am completely the opposite of that but it's their own perception it's not you it is yeah, yeah, that's not on your side. It's what they take from it. It's also a reflection of themselves. A lot of the time, how you see someone else is how you see yourself and how deep you'll actually go on a level with yourself. Or it could be some sort of resentment. This is getting really deep, but yeah, it's true. Yeah, so Manny, you resent yourself. You're stuck up. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, he's great. He's the best. <laughs> but do you think you can have, to so say there was like a photo of some random person and he's like giving the middle finger up to the photo and like... <laughs> he's yeah and he just looks he looks like a stereotypical like i don't know chav or something like <laughs> just a bit of a waste man mm. so if you oh, yeah, then, who, who are you pointing out name them fam i mean you can go facebook this guy called hamish lackmane <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah so like say you've got like that scenario yeah and then someone <laughs> judges that looks at the photo and is like okay that's uh he looks a bit of a twat or something. Is that on the person judging's fault? Oh, Would that be more on the... It's difficult to say. I mean, 
I think naturally people tend to judge, especially when looking at photos. Yeah. I think everyone does, like everyone in some does, way even or even subconsciously, yeah. you know, people who say that they don't do that, I think are lying. I think I've definitely learned from my experiences mm. not to, you know, they say don't judge books by their covers. And I think I've really learned to do that through my own experiences because I've been judged by my cover. And I've seen how it can affect me. And mm. I hate to do that to somebody else. I'm not saying that I, you know, like that photo example you were saying, I, I don't think I wouldn't judge it at all. But mm. I don't think I would judge it to a level where, you know, I wouldn't talk to that person or yeah, yeah, I, I would yeah. still give it a go. I'd still, you know, meet that person and see what they're actually like. Mm. Hamish, you're not so bad. You <laughs> <laughs> like a waste man. <laughs> but People would assume I'm a prick anyway. So like, I just, I just kind of, I, I basically just joke about you more and just continue it, which doesn't help my own case. But one thing I was thinking about, like the, if I wanted pictures of me taken with, it would only be with the close groups of friends. Cause like even my closest groups of friends, I don't really have proper pictures with them or anything. And I wouldn't want them to be on social media. I just want them. Cause instead of having images in your memory, it would be, I guess, I can see why you'd want like a photo album with pictures with your friends at yeah. certain occasions. Yeah. But like me and a lot of my close, different groups of close friends, like you, my friends from home, we barely have any pictures together. Like I think the most, one of the few I remember is when we went to, oh, Drake, that's one of the few pictures we have together. We literally don't have, and even then we probably doing troll faces and so on. But I was just like, the picture thing is like, I don't think it belongs on social media. More I'm surprised you came in that photo then on my birthday. Like two photos with me and Ria. I'm pretty sure I didn't have a serious face on, I think. No, you were smiling. Yeah, yeah I have the are. photo proof. You were definitely smiling. I was surprised you actually came in that photo because I was... I thought I had a troll face on. Like, oh, no, wait. You know, on your birthday, the dart event, when we had to take the picture, I put my hand on my... Um, no, there's one where you're smiling face. normally. Oh, there is because we've posted that on the. Yeah, that's the one you posted. Fair enough. So that that's like a one odd picture, I guess. Yeah, which is. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, but like when I took that picture, remember I put my hand on my face and I was like, "No face, no case." So like I named it myself, no case, and then the picture was like, "No face." Um, because yeah. you lot were writing in my name, I was like, "No, no, 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 hold up here." Oh yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> my name going down on this. And you didn't mean you didn't know anyone except me then. So that, to be honest, is like a huge thing. I think I think some of your friends appreciated the joke when they realized. Yeah, yeah, but they they're very similar, like Ash and Duncan, and like all of them are very they're similar in kind of like humor and banter anyway. So they would they would find it funny. So like me me coming by myself, actually only knowing you that night, yeah, that was way out of my comfort zone. That's mad. I still can't believe you did that. (laughs) I was like, fam, I feel so because when Nish said he can't make it, I was like, oh, Oh, last minute as well. It was so long. I was genuinely like, fuck, I'm in panic mode now, yeah, because like. I need, yeah. I need Z to come but I'm gonna be I don't want to third wheel him the entire night yeah yeah, and just be like third wheel there was a couple so I need to make friends as well that was so stressful in the train oh. ride as well oh. Oh, <laughs> sorry when you came yeah. I was so busy as well and I literally I remember I took you and I was like here's where you speak and I just left both of you yeah. I knew that she would make you feel like comfortable and like speak to you that's why I don't consider you introverted because I can I feel like I can leave you like whether you when this, whether when you used to come up to Manchester or like in general I can just leave you with anyone and you'll speak to them like I used to always do that when you used to come up to Manchester I could just leave Ria with like all my flatmates who she'd never met before if I need to go and do something and then she would just stay in my room and she would be really social with them and she would still be very nice so I feel like you aren't I, I don't see you introverted at all like that so it's yeah, weird maybe I'm not as introverted as I think <laughs> I don't think you are. I think you overthink how shy you are because I genuinely see you as quite quite bubbly or like quite it's more like big risks I'd say you wouldn't do stuff like it does take a lot to push you out of your comfort zone but yeah I think speaking to people you're very naturally capable and you're very able to speak to people and you like speaking to people oh thanks yeah. <laughs> sorry this had me thinking like you know when you like you meet up here and you know on like the table dynamics when you're eating and mm-hmm. so on how there's the talkative ones how you have to basically put the talkative ones at opposite ends so and then everyone else in the middle so I, mean, I remember when we were going out with Alex and 
Koya, because I have less in common with the rest apart from like, you know, the usual comp side and the usual just talking about work and whatever. Yeah. Like I remember that like, basically like the last two meetups, they always put me in the middle of the table because in that <laughs> on particular side, I'm like bare socially awkward. Like, Aww. so they put the louder people at the other end. So like, I think Aaron, I don't know if I think Aaron ends up. I feel like Aaron's really chatty though. <laughs> there was one time Alex put me right at the end and I was fuming because I was like, wait, but I want to be with like Tom and Yash and all that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm chatty or not. I feel like I you're think, chatty. Well, I think this podcast, I, you're forced to be chatty. Mm. Yeah, um, mm. the podcast gives off a weird impression of us too. Mm. I think it just, but I think it's basically just giving them a someone like a room where me and Aaron are talking a bit professionally. I'm um, obviously. I think it's that like as Ria said that like professional space. You feel like because mm. this is. I'm not saying we're like professionals at this or anything, but this is kind <laughs> of our our thing I put some respect so, on our names <laughs> like in in this scenario we can call ourselves professionals yeah this is like work kind of thing it's not work mm. but like it's we're in control of this oh you're a control free current jeez oh, come on <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> the uh don't make me look bad in front of Rhea man <laughs> <laughs> the uh the, yeah no it's just like the professional thing so let's go shy um, in this uh, like professional space, we're like comfortable. It's we know what we're doing. We know yeah. what we're talking about, kind of thing. Mm. After after yeah. however many episodes, yeah. So yeah, it probably does give off a bit of a different impression to us in person. Mm. Yeah, for but sure. But hopefully not too much. Just ending off on the self discovery stuff. Like, so would you say like Croatia was like the moment you were like, okay, I've discovered myself, or you learned about yourself more than anything? Yeah, yeah. I think I learned about myself more than anything, and I learned how resilient I was and adaptable to change. So yeah, I don't, I don't know if self-discovery really like is a point where you're like, okay, you've discovered yourself and that's it. I feel like life... You never really discover yeah, yeah, yourself. You're always It just continues. It. You're always doing something. But it's more like you start that discovery journey or something will like click, I think. Yeah. But even point. I can see the change in Rhea. Like it was crazy. Before and after Croatia, I saw this huge change in her. Like just... I don't even know how to explain it, but just her independence was a lot more, she was more confident in herself and like her own worth as a, like just in general, I think. And you could just see a huge change. I think both our mindsets were just reset, but she definitely didn't care. Like her started caring a lot less about things. I think when we came back from Croatia for sure. But yeah, it was nice. It's a nice change to see when you see, when you've grown up with someone for so long, it's just nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Should we discover our final questions? Hey. I don't know if there's anything else you guys wanted to talk about. I mean, there was another thing about the comfort zone, but I don't know if I... Yeah, go for it. So I'm actually starting my new job in September, right? And it's in Portsmouth. Yeah, so that's quite a big step out of my comfort zone because, again, I might be moving away from home. And it's somewhere... I've been there before, but it's not somewhere I've sort of settled down in before. And it's going to be a new hospital where I don't know a single person and I probably won't have any connections there at all. And it's a massive step out of my comfort zone because I'll be doing lots of different things professionally as well like I said I'll be treating a lot of big cases that I've never really done before either it's going to be a, oh it's going to be a huge step from what I've been doing this year and it's something I'm really nervous about but I'm just going to try and take it all in my stride how it goes maybe your professional confidence will kick in and you'll be all be good afterwards yeah I, th- I think that's what I found when I moved to America that was probably the biggest thing I've done that's out of my comfort zone like I always thought I would never never live elsewhere other than the UK and then going to a different country and living there I think the professional aspect because I went there for work probably like kicked in a bit and just helped me but yeah moving away is definitely like a big thing out of a lot of people's comfort zones I think yeah but yeah taking in a stride is yeah definitely something I think I think that's something I do quite well I hope but yeah it's kind of the only thing Mm -hmm. you can do I guess yeah but that sounds cool though 
Portsmouth and working on bigger cases. What do you mean by like bigger cases? So like I said, in hospital dentistry, it's normally where a sort of normal dentist on high street isn't able to treat the case for one reason or another. You know, they may not have the equipment, they may not have the qualifications and things like that. So I'll be working under the supervision of of a consultant who has specialized in, in lots of things and He's absolutely great. And I'll be I'll be doing more complex things than I was doing this year and learning a lot, a lot, a lot. So I'm really excited to upskill and, and learn loads of new things that then I can take back to my practice. Or, I mean, hopefully I want to specialize as well. I actually wanted to specialize in orthodontics, so embraces before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, you that. did. You did. <laughs> I mean, I'm still thinking about that, but there's other specialties that I'm looking into as well at the moment. That sounds cool. That sounds really exciting. I guess you two are both used to the long distance. I'm going to come visit like all the time. I can't wait. (laughs) That's going to be like our house (laughs) in Portsmouth. (laughs) Should probably pull up in a hot air balloon. (laughs) Hot air balloon. (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait. That'll be fun. No, I think it's really good. It's a a big, big, big change, especially for you because you're very used to being in London. Like your uni was in London. This Mm -hmm. is in London. For me, like I went to Manchester. I already like moved away from home. For you, this is completely different it's your first time away from home so i'm really excited i think it'll be a really good big step um for you and i guess there's not like a time limit thing it's kind of like an indefinite thing no it's just for one year oh it is just for one year okay i guess that adds a bit more comfort i guess yeah Yeah. you know it's like a temporary thing Mm. no awesome good luck for that thank you we don't uh speak for them (laughs) should we uh move on wrap it up so we have some final questions we ask uh, every guest i'll go for the first one and that is what is one piece of advice you'd give to a young ria i think the main thing is focus on yourself rather than caring what other people think and also accept your own flaws mm-hmm. yeah i think we touched on that before but that, that these are the main things I would, I would say to my younger self i think that would have helped me a lot quicker to become more confident and to kind of block out the white noise yeah and the second question is what's on your bucket list mm, so many things i think definitely more traveling with tree <laughs> sorry aaron <laughs> she has no other friends sorry <laughs> any any like specific place or um, places? so actually this year in june we were meant to go to machu picchu and do the trek okay um, yeah because of covid we weren't able to go that's something i really want to do another thing that's on my bucket list i don't know really if, it, if it's going to happen but it would be great to go to australia take a year out then you were going to say that because <laughs> actually dentists can work there quite easily i think it would be amazing to to go there and, and travel and see it properly as well as doing a bit of work you know and and seeing what dentistry is like out there that would be very very cool are you scared of the spiders or anything the stereotypical australian insects and everything i can't deal with spiders here so i don't know how i'm gonna deal with it there, but we'll come to it when we come to it <laughs> biggest, biggest fear is spiders like she hates spiders you could call in an expert to get rid of them cough cough oh my god oh. <laughs> spider-man hey, hey, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. hey that was good i'm proud of myself <laughs> swiftly anything else in your bucket list apart from like traveling oh i've always wanted to do a skydive it's quite random you know you could do you can get a hot air balloon Oh, we should so do that for our 25th. That's a really good idea. <laughs> yeah, but I know I'm one of those people that will, will be on the plane and they'll be like, go. And I'll be like, no. <laughs> yeah, but I'll be next to you and I'll be like, you're going. Go, you go. And I'll be like, you're going to have to get me out off. of the plane. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, would you skydive? I'll do it for the chirps, but not as amazing. <laughs> All right, well, we know, we know what's up. <laughs> I don't need to add for this. <laughs> The uh, <laughs> the only other scenario is, you know, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Yeah. If I was ever on that show, 
and like I knew I was on like national TV, mm. I'd be too embarrassed to like look like an embarrassment and not do the jump. Mm. I see what you mean. The uh, third question, so this is a question we ask every guest, and that is, what is one memorable third wheeling experience? Okay, this is a little bit off tangent, but it's kind of going back to Shri and I. So it was one April Fool's Day, and I was at my grandparents' house. And as a joke, I told my grandma that that Shri is my girlfriend, and that would take <laughs> And you know what? She was totally okay with it, and she didn't know it was April Fool's Day. She was like, oh, like when am I going to meet her? And <laughs> It was the other way around that I had to convince her that this wasn't actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> she is your girl. <laughs> that literally so funny. I can't believe it. <laughs> pick, up, pick up your grandma. Then. Yeah. Forward-thinking grandma. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. You said you had another one as well, didn't you? I do. So um, my friend kind of introduced her, her other half to us. Then, you know, we, we did sort of all the normal things. You know, we had a bite to eat. We went for a walk, things like that. And we just chilled in the house. And then we had to go and get our eyebrows done for an event we had the following day. And he said, you know what? Why don't I come with you guys? I was quite reluctant because it was quite an embarrassing <laughs> thing for a guy to see. <laughs> and he actually had so much banter with the eyebrow lady. What was her name? <laughs> her name was Valencia from Goa. Shout out Valencia from Goa. My Valencia. Valencia. I haven't had my eyebrows done in like five months now because of COVID, but we'll get there. <laughs> but it was actually really funny. And then he he was so interested in how it was done and, and how different it actually makes a huge difference to your face. And hmm. I guess you don't really realize this, but it really does. Yeah. I mean, when he saw the before and the after straight away, he was like, wow, that is actually a crazy change, even though it's such a small part of your face. <laughs> was just hilarious and quite awkward (laughs) (laughs) all right and the next section is a call out where you can either choose one or many people to hopefully come on the third wheel in the future so i've already got permission from this person (laughs) Um, it's one of my uni friends faz Mm -hmm. i think she'd be a really good guest she's very talkative she'd be really good cool we'll uh get in touch and last bit is a shout out so each one of us can just basically shout something out anything you want really so uh Shri, do you have anything? Oh, wasn't expecting to be able to do a shout out. I haven't thought about this. Um, I'm just going to shout out my indie rock chill playlist on Spotify because I've already been updating it. And I think that it's just got some really good songs on. So if you like quite like, you know, that vibe when you're cooking, like baking on a Sunday morning and you've got coffee and you're making banana pancakes, put on my indie rock chill playlist. I don't think Hamish and Aaron are going to be making banana pancakes anytime soon. <laughs> But pancakes is probably my second speciality, actually. Oh, well, actually, really? first, in first year of uni, I would actually make pancakes every Sunday for the uh, wow. for the kitchen. See, start doing it. Listen to my indie rock chill. You got your. I've got I've got my own. Aaron would not listen to his better playlist. Yeah. <laughs> we have the same playlist anyway. Whatever. I might I might have to shout my playlist just to. Uh, no, your playlist is the same as my playlist. <laughs> I, I just copied all my songs. <laughs> okay, Ria, do you have anything? I was going to, well, I wasn't going to shout this out initially, but since Shri is shouting out playlists, I think the III playlist. <laughs> my playlist is shouting out my playlist. God, my Spotify is getting a lot of love. <laughs> Ria only listens to my, I, I do contribute to that. Yeah, you do. She'll be like, can you add this song in? I added it in like five months ago. <laughs> then I'll be like, it's in there. And she'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> what was the other thing you were going to shout out though? Before my playlist before my playlist there's a couple of things actually so one was my my and my sister's cooking which we've been doing during lockdown and i was gonna maybe mention about what me and you have got in the works oh no watch not this yet what? 
<laughs> Don't reveal too much. Not too oh, soon. Have you got a rival podcast? <laughs> if you're getting a podcast, you owe your <laughs> revenue to third wheel. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, 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 no. Hamish, anything? I was just gonna. I've been adding some more stuff to my playlist. Um, <laughs> but there's one thing that because uh, if there's a Spotify competition going on, I'm also joining on the Spotify competition. Isn't it? But I'm basically, on SoundCloud, there's a chunks cover of the song by Drake called Grease. Go listen to this; an absolute banger. Um, Chunks' version is better than the original. The shout out the track with um Heady One and Drake as well. Drake's versus shit, as you all know, but Heady One is a banger. Nice. I'm done. Okay, cool. Um, mine, I'm. I've been adding some stuff to my playlist. Um, <laughs> so. Oh my god. <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm not even going to shout a specific playlist. Just check out my whole profile. You know, there's playlists for everything. Uh, no, and no, they're no, a lot no, better no. than trees. So. No, they're not. They're the same as mine. I, I can agree to that partially. I've got. They're actually the same. I've even got custom covers on mine, so oh, I've, wow. I've put in a lot of effort. So, nah, go check it out. Yeah, fuck you, Shree. Um, Whatever. Do you know what? I might just have to cut out Shree's shout out. She's not even on this episode, really. No! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, I think. Uh, yeah. No. This is great. Um, Ria, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks. You've been a good guest as well. So. No, I, th- I think this is great. We talked about quite a lot of stuff. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I look forward to my next good. dentist appointment. Oh wow! And, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, I think I think uh, yeah. I hope everyone enjoyed it, and I guess we'll just cool. speak to you next week. All right, see you guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. Oh, bye, guys. Thanks for letting me come on again. Anyways. Hold me closer. I'll take you for a ride Go, we can drive all night Hold me closer I can't get you out of my sights Girl, you're my ride